0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Welcome back. It's Tuesday, March 7th. We are back for the first day of, quote-unquote, legal tampering uh, of the free agency period. we got a great show for you. We're going to talk about what's going on, what the Chiefs may have avoided in signing uh, LDT early. Really what they can look at, what the possibilities are for getting some cap space and and doing anything. They might have room for uh, one big player, maybe a couple of small-time you know, fill-at-the-back-of-the-53 type players. Uh, We're going to get into that. Check out the rest of the podcast network for us. Go check out the guys on NFL Draft. They're doing a great job, and man, there's been plenty going on there. What's going on in Indianapolis has been eye-opening. The last couple of days have been great in terms of a a team like the Chiefs that – um, really needs to make and keep their backbone on their defense and try to bring their offense along, um, there are a lot of young guys in this draft that are going to be able to help them. And as as the official numbers start to come in, we're missing a lot of data still about some of the splits and those things that we need uh, to really take a good look at who outperformed who. Um, but that's really going to be a lot of tie-breaking going on in this particular run-up to this draft uh, because there's a lot of good players. There's guys at every tier, I mean – two and three deep. I, and at some point, you got to differentiate between them, and that's one great thing that the combine stats do is that if you have a guy that you have similar grades on or that you think can do the same job and, and you need you know some kind of tiebreaker or something else, um, it's one of those deals that it can be subtle. It can be the more athletic guy may pay off for you in the end as you go down the line. There's a ton of DBs in this class. I've been tweeting some of those out. Make sure you follow me at Ryan Tracy NFL and follow Chris over at Chris Clark NFL. Uh, Get some extra thoughts as we go through the process. If you missed our mid combine show, it was kind of an extra that we put out a few days ago. Uh, Go back and check that out. Give you a little bit more insight on some of the prospects that are out there that are going to be pretty good fits for the Chiefs. Whether they fall correctly or not, we'll see. A lot of defensive help in this draft. It's, It's strong that way. The Chiefs can fill their holes. They can get inside linebackers. They can get corner depth, maybe even another corner starter, uh, depending on your perspective. They can make up for the departure of Dontari Poe. And really, they can fill themselves up to maintain that status, that they are a good defensive team the offense is coming along. And that's really where they want to stay. Don't sacrifice one to gain ground in the other. You're going to need them both, and you're going to need your defense in the playoffs anyway. So – that's how it looks today. We're going to have more all week long as the combine results come in. We're going to talk to a couple of prospects here coming up. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that, and we'll have more for you. But for now, let's start talking about free agency as it kicks off tonight with everybody being able to legally start talking to each other, even though they've probably been talking to each other for weeks. So, So uh, here we go. You know, I'm still catching up from last week. Uh, and, I, you know,
1: I've been watching things, listening to things, uh, seeing all the news that comes out, and I still – Dumbfounded isn't necessarily the right word, but it's pretty close <laughs> to how I felt when I saw they were giving LDT that kind of money. Uh I like him as a player, but good grief. Eight million dollars plus a year. Um, yeah, it puts him under contract for another five years. Uh eight million dollars in five years will not be a big deal for a guard Uh, because the contract, because contracts are continuing to go up, Uh, but to see some of the things were said about him right after that contract was announced, you know, they're talking about him being a star, and I'm sitting there going, I don't remember anybody talking about him being a star. I did see Brandon Thorne, I believe, talk about how he was underrated, uh, and that he was a good player, but I never saw anybody really talking about him being a star. Um, To me, that contract just shocked me. And I'm still trying to figure out how they're ever going to get the value out of it long term. Uh, he's got to he's got to improve a lot more than he did uh, this season, uh, and do it consistently for that to be something that's going to happen. But what the one thing that it does do that's really nice is it sets Kansas City up to have their offensive line under contract for the next couple of years and not have to worry about it. Um, so you look at that, and that and that's a good thing to have. Uh, you know, we're today we're also going to look about we're going to look at free agency and the free agency dead period that is going to happen tonight. So, Ryan, what were your and what was your initial reaction to the LDT contract and how are you feeling about it? You know, a little bit over a week later,
0: you know, it, that's the interesting part is initially I was I was surprised as well. What Duke and Brandon went through and showed some of his abilities um, is what we've been talking about all season. He's an athletic guy. Uh his anchor's good. He's got a nasty streak. He he still gets bull rushed, although it's much less than his first season. Uh and his his ability to reset and re anchor, I think, has come a long way. Um, and I, I still see him on a steady arc getting better and going up in terms of his value. And honestly, the more I think about it, the more I get where they're going. Because I agree with you. I think he's still – I ranked him in the offseason. He's is an average NFL player. A year before that, coming out of McGill, and the year before that, when he was in college, he was not even close. He was a poor offensive lineman when he walked into this league, and he has worked hard and improved. And I think what it comes down to is that Reed and Dorsey, and I, I it feels like they're lockstep on this. They see his progression continuing. And I think they're I think they're looking into the future a little bit Uh, when they got to thinking about how can we upgrade this offensive line? You're talking about uh, Zeitler out of uh, Cincinnati or they're talking 10 million dollars for a guard on average. And if you wait another year and let LDT have another year of progression and get. That much better. I mean, if he continues his arc, by the end of next season, he's going to be an above average, maybe top 20 guard in this league. I would bet that he can continue that. So I think they're looking down the line going, you know, if we let him go to free agency after next season, just to retain our offensive line and try to keep some of the continuity that we've been building, we're going to have to pay, you know, 10 plus. Because that'll be the rate by the time the market resets next season after these guys are going to sign these bigger contracts. And there's going to be a couple of them. Man, I think they ended up saving themselves some money in the long run so long as he continues his development. That's really the name of the game.
1: Well, and you look back at what they did with Fisher, and Fisher to me is another one of those contracts that some people were surprised about. I wasn't. Uh, When it came to Fisher, I thought he was – above average when it came to left tackles to begin with he may not be um you know the player you were hoping he would be Another you know, than as the number one overall pick but uh, i think he's above average left tackle and obviously 12 million 12 million a year for an above average left tackle is well worth the money uh because it protects that back side of your qb and i do think the Kansas City is going to have a young guy that they're going to have to put back there uh to learn behind smith and the, you know, hopefully after this se- after this draft season, they're going to have that guy, uh, and so protecting him is a good thing to do.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at them as a whole as a line, the only question mark I, this clearly gives LDT that he's the future at right guard. I think the only question mark is really can Parker Anger get back and can he be healthy and can he turn into the guy that they foresee him being. Um, and we don't know anything about the severity of his injury or what his time scale is. Um, so I still think in terms of this draft, there's still a possibility that they go out and get a guard and a quality guard at that um, to provide either insurance for Ingers injury or uh, the competition that I think they, they truly need to help LDT continue to push and become the guy that they just spent all this money on.
1: That's definitely something that they need to look at. Uh, They're going to need to have somebody that can uh, be that guy because they can't have somebody like Zach Fulton be in that position again this year.
0: No, that's going to derail what you have right now and, and make no mistake. Yes, they're going to have to go with a younger quarterback. Hopefully they get a guy that they like in this draft so they can spend a year learning from Alex Smith. But Alex Smith is getting more expensive as it goes on, and the common thought is that they're nearing his ceiling. Um, they're adamant, and in the media well, I think, have been adamant I think that is their starter next season, um, but that doesn't mean anything about who his backup's going to be.
1: Right, and you, and you look at what they're doing at the combine, and they're interviewing every single young QB, and – Here's the other side of that. What has Dorsey been doing when it comes to first-round picks? Preparing what's, what's for the future. M. O. His M.O. is to pick somebody a year before they're needed. Yep. Uh, Chris Jones doesn't necessarily fit that for Don Terry Poe, but it's as close to uh, you could as you could probably get when you're talking nose tackle because generally you're not going to find those guys in the first or second round. Those are going to be later type guys. Um, but Chris Jones filled a huge need to begin with. Because he's so disruptive. He's more of what Poe is not.
0: That's true. His style of play is more aggressive. Honestly, if you were just going to look at what his abilities give you, you'd think that he's more of a disruptive, you know, three technique in a four man front, uh, a Tampa 2 kind of penetrating defensive tackle. But man, that skill set can be used. And I think it not like a Warren Sap, huh? Right. I wasn't going to go there, but okay. <laughs> well, I'm not that, saying, I mean, that's the comp. I mean, that's the gold standard not, that you're
1: looking for. I'm not saying he's Warren Sapp. I'm just saying that's the type of player you're looking at when you're when you're talking about that type of player.
0: Yeah, and while you said he's not a replacement for Poe, uh, other than the fact that you're, you thought you were probably going to lose somebody important to your defensive line, and you took another explosive player who maybe isn't the same position. I don't think Chris Jones should be at the nose. But in terms of upgrading your unit one for one, I think you accomplished that. Uh, And the thing that I'm encouraged about is I think because having Chris Jones on the field uh, to exploit and use his abilities best, it means Bob Sutton has to get more aggressive. And I think that's something that's been lacking from this defense and can help this defense quite a bit.
1: No, you don't think Sutton's not aggressive, do you?
0: No, you never heard me say that.
1: Oh, almost every day I've ever heard you talk.
0: Well, yeah, there's that. So the interesting part is you have those things going on. And I've enjoyed the media part of what the Chiefs have done, because they've been, like we said, very outspoken that Alex Smith is their starter next season, period, end of story. I think it took him out of the Romo talk, which I'm very thankful for. But I think the other interesting thing that they've said is um, they've been adamant, John Dorsey in particular, that, hey, you know, we're done we're out of the free agency thing. So just, just scratch us off your list. There's nothing to see here. Uh, and, and I wonder if that's a, a fabrication to try and take some heat off. Uh, tonight, uh, as of uh, this evening, is the official tampering period where teams can start talking to potential free agents' representatives uh, in order to start lining up some deals that they can sign on the ninth.
1: Uh, you know, I, I think he's looking at basically saying, okay, well, we can afford to spend money because you got to remember they're going to get back – Close to seven million dollars when Nick Foles is gone. Um, currently, he's counting against their cap, but you know, eventually, uh, he will not count against their cap, and, and they'll get you know, seven, close to seven million dollars back. Um, but you know, you look at it, and you're like, and, and you realize that you know maybe it is possible that they're done. You know, they really say they want Don Terry Poe back. Well, if you want Poe back, uh, your best chance of getting him back is is probably to sign him to a contract. But the question is whether or not he's going to be worth the contract that he's going to be offered by somebody else and I have a feeling that somebody's going to offer him a contract that's going to be uh, way more than what Kansas City really wants to spend. Yeah, and it might be more you know, than I'm sorry. Want... I'm sorry, you're not going to you, you don't give him quarterback money just cuz he can throw a little bit of a law pass either.
0: You know, it, and that may be true, but I, I have a tendency to think once he gets out there and starts looking around that i i wonder if the back injury doesn't soften his market more than he expects
1: it could be it could also be that they just have no intention of keeping him and uh because he's going to want more money than they feel he's worth and you know honestly if i'm kansas city i look at that back injury and i say you know i don't know that i can justify giving him more than you know seven eight million dollars a year just because of that back injury
0: yeah, I'm with and, you there.
1: People are saying that that and some people may say that's ridiculous, he's worth more than that. Not if he can't play. And honestly, he has he's played well. He does well when it comes to taking up double teams, but he's not the type of player he was 2-3 years ago.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. And you know, normally I would say if you have a guy that's that's iffy injury-wise, then you tie you tie his contract structure to playing time. Make sure you can get the snaps out of him. But, you know, post played a ton of snaps. I think what we've seen is that decline in production in those snaps, maybe not only to the injury, but maybe due to the overuse. And at this point, if they were to have him back, I'd want to see something in that structure that says, you know, based on production, tackles for loss. I don't know that you need sacks out of your nose tackle, but he's got to beat teams, make plays in the backfield, in the run game especially.
1: Absolutely. And you know, honestly, he's not going to get that. He's not going to get a, a deal. I, I don't think he's going to get the huge deal that he he wants. And, you know, I get it. I mean, you, know, you look at what he offers as a player and he can be disruptive, but, uh, you know, and he's what a year, two years now removed from back surgery, right? Mm. Uh, and he still doesn't look like he did, uh, which to me tells me he's never going to look like he did.
0: And, you know, and that's that's the concern. Can you put money into a player that, that may not recover, period? And I think that's that's the reason you're seeing what's going on now. Um, I, whether or not it comes through fruition, sometime tonight somebody's going to reach out to the Ontario Post people, and they're going to start to talk about what can happen on the ninth and maybe signing him. If he finds that the market's very, very soft, maybe something gets done, but I don't see him back in Kansas City, and I don't see him getting the money that he truly wants if the chiefs were going to do anything in free agency and m- maybe they start looking around tonight, w- what would you like to see them do?
1: Honestly, they need to get another nose. T- or, sorry. They need to get a nose tackle, but I don't know that there's going to be anybody there. Um, they need to get a third r- tackle. Uh, to me, that's my biggest, that's one of my biggest things, uh, you know, a tight end, maybe, Um Those are probably at the top of my wish list. If you can find a cheap corner that you think really fits your scheme and fits what you want as a corner, maybe you go that route too. Uh, But I think you're going to have a real hard time finding a Sean Smith-type guy in this free agent class.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, There's a ton of guys, and we're going to talk about it as they come through. Uh, There are a ton of guys in this draft class. I mean, I can see the Chiefs going two corners in this class because there are so many of them that are worth spending draft picks on. That will evolve into guys that will take over other positions. I'm I'm excited about that, but uh, we will circle back. Uh, We didn't get to the uh, the offensive line standout that we were going to talk about. We'll hit that tomorrow, folks. Uh, Thank you for listening to us today. We'll be back with you then. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL.